0: All right, episode number 21. I can't believe that, 21. Of the Beyond the Cubicle podcast. Yes. We're just getting started, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Today's topic, creating the right workplace culture.
1: Ooh.
0: I like, love topics like this. The place that I, that I got to go every day. Every day, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we're speaking to our leaders and we're speaking to, to people who are in, in staff and supporting roles. Everybody can impact the culture.
1: We all make a difference, believe it or not. We all make a difference.
0: Absolutely. And we're going to talk about how. But first, grab your notepads, your favorite note-taking app on your smartphone, and check out the intro. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Episode twenty one: Creating a great workplace culture. Mm-hmm. I'm Brian Montgomery. I'm Eric Kelly. Yes, yes, we're in it. Social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at this is BTC. Also, check out our YouTube channel.
1: Mm-hmm. We
0: put out the video companion to these, this episode that you're listening to right now. Put it out every week. Um, go to YouTube.com, search Beyond the Cubicle. you look for our little gold and blue uh, logo, and you'll find all of our content there. Make sure when you're there, make sure you subscribe, make sure you like the videos as well, and do us another huge favor. Share the content with somebody, whether it's this audio version that you're listening to or whether it be the YouTube version. Share it with somebody that that, that you think could benefit from the information that we talk about on a week-to-week basis. Uh, ready. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor, like, rate, and review. All the stars. All the stars. Yes, yes. Raving reviews. Yes. All right. <laughs> They're wonderful. That's it.
1: Um, but it helps other people find our content as well on the platform. And we're not going to let everybody know all the secrets, but we got a couple of radio stations that are on tap to come up and, uh, yes, yes. and deal with us too. So Yes, we'll yes. That. All right. Today's
0: topic should be a good one, man. I love mm-hmm. these types of topics because it's really about mindsets and relationships, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Workplace culture, creating the right workplace culture or a good workplace culture. And if if
1: that sounds a bit erudite on the workplace culture, mm-hmm. what does it feel like when you mm, go to work? That's a good way to simplify it, right? What do you do? You know, most people hate going to work. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most people hate going to work. Yeah, and and it comes out when discussions of pay. They say, you know, they don't pay me enough. Right. To put up with this foolishness. That's what we're talking about today. What's the culture in your work? What's the culture in your work? Absolutely.
0: So check this out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we talk about culture all the time. Okay. But one <laughs> one of the things I found that I thought was rather interesting. Was the different types of organizational cultures that people have identified? Okay, right. Okay. And when I read it, I was like, "Oh man, like that's that's pretty much most it. of them." I I, I can see it. See it. Okay, okay, and a lot of de- a lot of places have a combination of these that I'm about to read off. Okay, okay, okay. what you got? So the first one. It, okay, we're gonna have to change the name of this one. What's it called? The, it's called clan culture.
1: Mm, yeah, we need. Yeah, to, we we need this. <laughs> <to, laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Let, uh, okay, let me, okay, okay, no, no. Is that click?
0: G- maybe. Okay. L- let, let me read what it says, all right, all right, and then right. maybe we can find another word for it. Right. I don't really like that topic. All right. uh, mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. the Klan culture. This is a working environment, and it's a friendly one. Mm-hmm. People have a lot in common, and it's similar to a large family. Oh, okay. Okay? The leaders are, or the executives are seen as mentors or maybe even um, uh, parent, parental figures. The organization is held together by loyalty and tradition. Okay. Okay. There's great involvement. The organization emphasizes long-term human resource development and bonds, colleagues by morals, bonds, colleagues by morals. So, you know, like people look out for each other, right? Success is defined within the framework of addressing the needs of the client and caring for the people. Organization promotes teamwork, participation, and consensus. Can we get a new name for that? That ain't the kind of clan I was thinking about. No, me so, either. Okay. All right, so. uh How about family culture? That's a family
1: culture. Okay. Family
0: culture. We're going call it the family culture. That's not a horrible place to work. Nah, it's really not. <laughs> you can get comfortable there, though. You you know what? You can get so comfortable you don't do anything. And we know we know about comfort zones. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Check out. Uh, previous episodes on that topic. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm good with that one. That's All right. family culture. It right. went from clan to family. All right, I'm good with that. Right. The next one is that
0: ad hocracy <laughs> culture. <laughs> the base word is ad hoc. Ad hoc meaning impromptu, Whatever on the fly, you know, that type of thing, right? Yeah. So here here's the description of that culture. This is a dynamic and creative working environment. Employees take risks. Uh Leaders are seen as innovators and risk takers. Experiments and innovation are the bonding materials within the organization. Prominence is emphasized. Uh The long-term goal is to grow and create new resources. The availability of new products or services is seen as success. And the organization
1: promotes individual in initiative and freedom. Now, look, some of that sounds like we might be going a whole bunch of different directions at the same time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not a bad thing if they're Mm -hmm. giving you room to to operate like that. Right, right. Okay, that's not bad. Adhocracy, okay, all right. The next one,
0: Market Culture. Mm. This is a results-based organization that emphasizes finishing work and getting things done. Mm Mm-hmm people are comfeti- com- competitive competitive and focused on goals. Mm-hmm. Leaders are hard drivers, producers and rivals at the same time. I think in a previous podcast, you mentioned this about the different types of uh, managers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are tough and high and have high expectations. The emphasis on winning keeps the organization together. Rep- reputation and success are the most important. Long-term focus is on rival activities and reaching goals. Market penetration and stock price are definitions of success. Competitive prices and market leadership are important. And the organization style is based on competition. Okay.
1: This is where companies make money. Yeah, that sounds like... That sounds like a lot of places I know.
0: Sales-based organizations, um, financial organizations like the, you know, Wall Street type things, that type of deal. Or
1: anybody publicly traded. Right. Yeah. Yes. This is... Yeah. This is the market. We're right. looking at the market saying, hey, how do we do that? It's it's a great company for go-getters. It's mm-hmm. not a it's not a great place to be if you're just chilling. True. You'll get stabbed in the neck. Oh, uh, true. Okay. All right. Hierarchy culture. And I think this might be more
0: what, what what we see on the support organization side. Okay. This is a formalized and structured work environment. Procedures decide what people do. Leaders are proud of their efficiency-based coordination and organization. Mm -hmm. Keeping the organization functioning smoothly is most crucial. Formal Mm -hmm. rules and policy keep the organization together. The long-term goals are stability and results. Paired with efficient and smooth execution of tasks. Trustful delivery, smooth planning, and low-cost define success, the personnel management has to guarantee work and predictability.
1: Okay, that sound also, like something you've seen yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 also common. Right. Maybe a cross between that and the market culture would be, you know, something that uh, would be closer to the norm in the big companies. Yeah, yeah. So so those are the four that I found. Right.
0: That kind of describe, and I think that encompasses a lot of what I've just seen over my career. Yeah. I've seen a few different. Yeah. I've seen a few of the, like a few aspects of each of these kind of blended in and mixed together in in, in some sense, in some yeah. instances and that type of thing. Yeah. Um, when you work for large companies, you can almost have all four of these cultures in one, depending on what area of the company you work in, yeah. right? I think it's like all these different cultures, right? Clearly our personality types, our experiences at other places kind of create who we are, Mm-hmm. In terms of our work style and where we thrive the most, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You have people that thrive more in a market based culture, market culture, mm-hmm. versus a family culture.
1: Because they're drivers. Yes. Yeah. That's their personality type.
0: They're drivers, they're personality types, and they want to get results. They they go for it that way. Absolutely. More power to them. God bless. Because them. that's where you thrive, right? Yep. So basically, what we're kind of getting to is sometimes you're not. You may not be in the right culture. (laughs) It might not be that the job has not created the right culture. You're in the wrong place.
1: You might be in the wrong place. But they offered me so much money. (laughs) Amen. You know what I mean? I got a culture story for you. Go. Herb Kelleher was the the Southwest guy. Yes. Okay. Uh, They chronicle all this stuff in a book called Nuts, but here's Mm -hmm. what Herb did. Herb went out and did a survey and asked his employees how many of them would work a day for no pay. Mm -hmm. Just on. Mm -hmm. When they were finished calculating it, it was in the millions of dollars of goodwill effort from those employees. He never asked them to do it. He said, How many of you would do it? Uh, You look at the uniforms, Mm -hmm. you look at how they. I mean, if you ever want to be on a flight and it was something comical,
0: he tough with, yeah.
1: They whatever. We had a hard landing one time in Phoenix. It, bam, it just <laughs> down and jarred your teeth and whatever. And mm. The lady came on the mic. She says, well, as soon as uh, uh pilot crash, uh, you know, gets this uh, crippled aircraft to the gate, you can pick through the wreckage and pick up your luggage on Carousel 9. We all laughed. Now, let me tell you how shrewd that is they learned to throw fun into a bad situation yeah. and leave. So that whole airline yeah. was around a different way of thinking. You're talking about family? Yeah. Definitely different, definitely more relaxed, definitely whatever. And if you want to see profit, mm-hmm. man. Uh, when everybody else was going to the government for bailout, mm-hmm. not Southwest. That's true. That's true. That is, <laughs> wow. So a, a, lot of is true. a lot of companies don't believe you can be profitable and be good in the market without having the oh we got to kill everybody but i'm telling you if people are motivated to give their best yeah that's when you're going to see your stock numbers go up
0: i'm I'm curious as to where that how that mindset in business took over where you have to be a jerk you have to drive 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 how that became the dominant mode of thinking there's a way to get productivity out of
1: your your staff and just out of your company okay okay can i can i submit this Mm -hmm. you are an accounting person and you got all the finance person mm-hmm. so let me just let me just sub- submit this mm-hmm. if if I said Brian I have this project that I want to fund this year mm-hmm. and it's gonna make my teams work better together yep what are you gonna ask me for before you give me their funding numbers you got me some numbers I need to prove to you ROI yeah okay so prove to me on a return-on-investment basis mm-hmm. how good teamwork, feeling good about your job, feeling about, feeling good about going to work, how that increases the numbers. It's not always easily quantifiable. That's, that's the issue. Okay. Now, I'll rush to get some productivity numbers for you. Right. And say, this month when we did this program, here's what they cranked out. I'll rush and create something, whatever. But when business people, and don't, please don't, 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 don't shoot me. <laughs> When CFO types become yeah. CEO types, yeah. it's bottom line. Yeah, uh, yeah. What? Well, that's Sometimes our training. I, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I and see what you're saying. And though. if I came in and got emotional, be like, dude, it's not that I don't like you. Yeah. But you are asking for 2.5 million for a program? Right. What do I get back for giving you 2.5? Right. Right.
0: So it's, <laughs> it's 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 the soft skills. It's the uh, the intangibles. Yes. That we that's hard to quantify. Yep. And because it's hard to quantify, we tend to you know, revert back to the things that we know work. Absolutely. Hey, here's a goal. You got to get to it. You know, and so if I have to beat you into the ground (laughs) to get you to it, that's what we're going to do because the goal is
1: what matters. Absolutely. Not the journey to get there. Absolutely. Mm. And I've been in places where it was fun. I've been in places that were market driven. Yeah. And the market one is... Is the most challenging for different personality types. Now we won't go into all the the issues yes, around psychometrics, but you've seen the Myers Briggs, yes, the yeah. Berkman and yep. the DISC or and whatever. And they put you four quadrants or whatever. Mm-hmm. When you're in a market based uh, 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 culture, mm-hmm. your drivers and your analyticals mm-hmm. kill because it's all about data. Yeah, they kill. Yeah. If you're in a sales organization, all right, it's all about hype. I can't remember the guy's name. What's the guy that used to be at IBM? That wore the wicked sport coats that came out on stage and hyped everybody up, and then his job was to create that buzz. Okay. Well, he was the man, not because he had his numbers right, Mm -hmm. but he made people run out of the room to the emotional side. Right. So different different organizations use all those to to, you know become profitable. But you know, typically now with with Wall Street, uh, we all have to be market based to some level. Yeah,
0: so when it comes to who drives the culture, I, I'm generally kind of coming to the place of this is what I believe, okay. right? And you tell them how you feel about this. Okay. And and those of you listening, you know, drop us a note, podbtc at gmail.com. And, you know, you, you tell us how you feel about, you know, your current work, work culture. Don't use your company's name. Don't use coworkers' name. Don't use boss's name. But just tell us some stories about your workplace culture and just your ideas on how you think it could be improved. But this is generally what I'm coming to believe. I believe that while the leaders of an organization, whether it be the sub-organization, meaning your particular department, or whether it be the overall organization that you work in, the leaders drive the culture, Uh but staff
1: can also have an influence on the culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. Who you are as a person, mm-hmm. you can walk into the room and be, be very powerful in the part of the organization that you're in. Right. Absolutely. And you don't have to be the boss. No.
0: And so the inference for Ned, if we want to just extrapolate that a little bit, what I'm saying is if the culture in your current place of employment is not conducive to everybody kind of thriving, meaning if you're the only one that's not thriving, maybe you're in the wrong culture. Mm-hmm. But if there are multiple people across the board that are just not really feeling the culture, the culture is just draining. Mm-hmm. Then it's time for a shift, and I believe that everybody can have an influence. Now, here's the here's here's the caveat to that. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. So let, let's let's take the let's take the last the last quarter of this of this this episode and talk about just the different ways. That those who are in leadership positions can change culture or drive culture. Mm-hmm. And then let's let's talk about some things that those who are in staff or supporting positions mm-hmm. can
1: uh, influence the culture of mm-hmm. where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, Start with the leaders. There's a couple of things with, with leaders that, that makes a, a significant impact. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to be smiling and grinning and all that. Oh, it's so wonderful! You don't have to be blowing sunshine everywhere you go. Right. But there are some things that people look for. We look for honesty, mm-hmm. integrity, transparency. Uh, we don't do politics on the show, but if you were to talk about a president, mm-hmm. and transparency, and yeah, our man. faith in our faith in his word, mm-hmm. we've always doubted people in power. Yeah. And there's an automatic. Negative, if you're my boss, I automatically give you a negative stripe. I know we don't like to think of that. Those of us that have been managers and leaders. Right. Oh, my people trust me. Yeah, about as far as they can throw you. Right. Because throughout their history, long before they met you, somebody in power used that power in a way that hurt them. Right. Or, or they perceived that it hurt them. Right. So we don't trust anything. We don't trust anybody. And if you are a leader, the best thing you can bring to the table is honesty. Integrity and transparency if I screw up, I'm still the boss. Hey guys, I blew it Can you help me put it back together? Yeah That establishes I don't think I'm all of that and that then helps other people be more forgiving Just that in itself helps build a culture on my team to be straightforward with each other Right. Hey man, I blew it. Well, I'm the boss and I can be straightforward I guess it's okay for everybody else to be us too.
0: Episode 18, which is a couple of a uh, few episodes ago. Right. We talked about the qualities of good leadership. Right. One of those was humility. Oh, being able just like you said at any moment in time saying, "Hey, I don't I don't know it all. I screwed up. Let me um like fall on the sword, acknowledge myself, you Absolutely.
1: know." For a, for a minute everybody goes ah, but then they go that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool Right. Uh, another thing leaders can do is to communicate the landscape mm-hmm. One of the things because we don't trust anybody we are always trying to find out what's going on really mm-hmm. So sometimes it's over communicate unless your boss says don't tell it. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't want this to get out communicate as much as you can to the people that are reporting to you because mm-hmm. remember the human mind works out of fear Fear is the dominant emotion that we go anywhere with Mm -hmm. so the more information people have Usually you're able to kind of mitigate some of that fear just a little bit, right, you know, but it's a you know Here's what's going on. Here's what the company's doing. Here's what I think is going on Mm -hmm. Uh, You can't share what the boss tells you not to share But unless it's a secret, you know, and it's not, it's not great for ego, but if it was all that deep, they wouldn't have told you. Right. So that's another, that's another way to look at it. But, but all of that,
0: like, even though the first two that you just said, it's, it's creating a line of trust with those who report to you. Absolutely. Basically, right? Absolutely. And when people feel trusted, they
1: feel valuable. And the workplace, coming to work is better.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Now, I like to have fun. Uh Everybody doesn't have that fun personality, Mm -hmm. but. And I kind of use it strategically mm-hmm. somebody says, oh, he's so funny. He's silly I understand exactly when and where I'm doing any of that, right because in a tense situation Humor works mm-hmm. if you're trying to get people to relax because I do a lot of teaching and stand up and whatever If you want to get a point across and you get people to laugh in that moment And this is a psychological fact in mm-hmm. the moment of laughter There is a letting down of the guard. Yeah, and then you get your point across. Gotcha. So If you can make the workplace where people smile, Mm -hmm. let me speak, Mm -hmm. if you're a boss or a leader, speak to everybody when you walk in. Ask them how they're doing. Now, you're an analytical, and I say, hey, Brian, how's it going? You're going to tell me. Even though you're analytical, you still got a family. Uh, you're yep. still people you care about. And I got feelings. Right. Now, I got some people that I talk to, and they'll give me a nine-hour soliloquy <laughs> on how they got that splinter out their baby's leg. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, I won't be asking you how you
0: do doing right. no more. So how, how big are you when it comes to leaders? How big on you on... Uh, team building exercises, Got and do events do. or outings.
1: Couple things. Mm-hmm. Uh, years ago, I took a group of managers from all over the world. This company I was working in. And we, mm-hmm. They're from South America and in Africa and Europe and whatever. And we took them out to a management retreat, and we did our classes, and then we went to play laser tag. So we tapped into everybody's testosterone. We have lady <laughs> managers in there too, yeah, yeah. and they're rolling on the floor and they're shooting lasers and. I mean, the little boy came out of people 50, 60 years old, man. It was so much fun. But here's the thing about simulation. Simulation, actually, we behave like we would in the workplace. So the people that were cautious, huddled up, and they found a spot that they could hang behind. That's wild. The adventurous ones, they yeah. were out there alone wolfing. I'm going to blow somebody up today. Yeah. And no matter what your personality is, even in simulation, That's crazy. it reveals itself. So I like team building events because I get a chance to find out about the organization.
0: You know what's funny? Was that? Like when you said that, yeah. I start back to my last experience oh, when they, we had team building. Right. <laughs> and it was like me and the other analyticals, yeah. we were strategizing <laughs> to the max. <laughs> it's like, yo, okay, so if we hide here, that they, they we can yes. creep somebody coming
1: around this, <laughs> and it was just like no, okay. they only have two vantage points, and I think we can get Overwatch on this one. Yes. We're, yeah yeah, yeah. Oh were my and... God. that is so interesting. Right. though. And Rambo's right there, just blowing it up. Man, load up my mag, baby. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rip something up. That is intriguing. So in several scenarios, I love team building in a mm-hmm. way where there are simulations and people look at it as games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to make them competitive. Right. But I get calls and do that all over, and we we do it outdoors. Uh, For one company, we did a ropes course, Mm -hmm. and it was focusing on trust. Mm -hmm. And you had to lean back and let somebody hold you. Mm -hmm. Right, helps guide somebody on these ropes that were so many feet off the ground, and 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 it just it helps bring a little cohesiveness Mm -hmm. to a team because now it's not somebody I've just you know, talking across the table with right, right. you held me up. Right. And let not let me fall. And creating that interaction yeah. is real. Okay. Even though it was on a ropes course. <laughs> Man. Um
0: Let's let's talk about staff or supporting roles. Okay. Uh, sometimes I don't I don't think we feel empowered enough. I don't think we feel like we're empowered enough or like we have the ability to influence the culture where we are. We think we just have to exist in it, and I think sometimes that can be the source of our complaining, that can be the source of our yes. uh just being drained. Yes. you know, having to go through it all every day, yes. right? Um again, like I say, I I believe that we have that power. We just have to realize the ways that we can do it. Yeah. Uh one of the things that I would suggest is Evaluate your relationship with your direct manager. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. What is it? Do you have a contentious relationship? Do you have an open line of communication? If you have the former, the contentious relationship, I advise you to, one. Fix it. Go back to episode eight. Fix that. (laughs) Go back to episode eight. Yes. We talked about horrible bosses, did a whole episode on it, right? (laughs) Sometimes it might be your boss, sometimes it might be you. Right. But whatever it is, you take the initiative to begin to um, cultivate a relationship of open communication with your boss and trust. Right. Get your boss's ear, whether that be stepping up your performance, whether that be figuring out what makes them tick. What will get their attention in terms of like, hey, what are they going through? are are they are they analyticals? Are they drivers? Do they just want results? Okay, cool. What's gonna get them to put a put a smile or a smirk on their face and be like, "Oh, okay, this person did this. Let me pay more attention there. Cultivate that relationship with your boss because that gives you the open line of communication to then be able to a make suggestions, right? right And b, have
1: their ear. When, whenever you need it. Um, I got a technique for that. Go. Real quick. Mm -hmm. Be able to talk to your boss and be on the plane so much that you can eventually get to a conversation that says, Hey, uh, uh, boss, what keeps you up at night, man? Yeah. Now, if you can get to that conversation, Mm -hmm. you'll know exactly where their head is at. Mm -hmm. Now, we we talked about getting promoted, but I want to throw this out there. When you fix what keeps him up at night Mm -hmm. you have just leapfrogged up the ladder that's true absolutely You do that that to enough people and absolutely you get a a corner office and let me throw this out there i don't care what your gender is or what you look like if you solve enough problems everybody values whoever it is that's solving their problem right now if you never had that conversation you don't know what they value so the next thing i would say is
0: Evaluate your coworkers. Not extra, not out loud, but just kind of take notice. Look around. Assess what you feel, like what type of environment would get us all to feel more productive, to feel more engaged about coming to work, to to make us feel like we're giving more value to our organization, right? Mm -hmm. You assess that. And then... What you do is again once you've kind of done number one, which is establish a line of communication with your boss, mm-hmm. you can take some of that feedback there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The other part that I really that that I would really like people to focus on is create good bonds with your coworkers, yes. right? Yes, because right there you're already starting to affect the culture because somebody's watching you. Oh. They're watching like your your managers, the upper management or whatever, other coworkers, they're watching how you interact and how you engage with everybody. And if you get to a place where everybody's like, oh man, like like man, hey man, Eric's super cool. Like, like, you know, he, he comes by my cube every now and then to kinda to kinda chat. All right. Side note, bosses. It's okay if your employees kinda chat a little bit. Just maybe not too much, but it's okay if they go chat a little bit. Don't it's okay be a, If they speak <laughs> if they speak to each other. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, but what what are your thoughts on that though? Like just, just creating that bond with your coworkers and that being a way that you kinda influence the culture. Okay.
1: Only you only you and people that are close to me know this, but yeah. I'm basically a closet introvert. Yeah. yeah. But I have a switch. I know when it's time to perform. Mm-hmm. I perform a lot. Mm-hmm. But I'm really okay if there's nothing around and nobody around. I am super, super mm-hmm. okay. But I will walk through whatever office I'm in, and as I'm walking by somebody, speak, smile. If I know somebody has that personality crack a corny joke, and I watch them light up, and for that moment, it was a blue chip moment. Yeah. And I try to do that as much as possible. Now, that really is better when I made sure that I was spiritually connected that day. Mm-hmm. Um, And I'll use this real real quick Uh, We do an exercise in one of the classes and we have people meet and greet and talk to each other and go through what They do in a normal day, and we give them one pocket full of red poker chips and the other pocket full of blue poker chips Mm -hmm. When they have a positive interaction. Hey, Brian. How you doing man? I'm doing good. How's the family doing good? We exchange blue chips. Hey Brian. How you doing man life sucks. We exchange red red chips. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, we check our pockets for the chips that have Brian's name on them. And if I've got more blue than red, that's how Brian influenced me that day. Hmm. Everybody has influence over those little, we call them little interactions, but they go a long, long way. When I find people that are perceived negatively, Mm -hmm. they've passed out a bunch of negative chips. By the way, they are negatively impacting that culture. Hmm. So... Yeah, each interaction. If I take it one interaction at a time, I can make a positive impact on right. the culture just by how I treat people.
0: That's it, man. And I man, and that's what it boils down to. From from management and leaders who have the authority to drive or have the they're in the position to drive culture more than supporting staff. All the way down to supporting staff, we all have a role absolutely. and an influence that we can exert over the cultures that we're currently working in. Absolutely. And you and, can make it a better place. And the crazy thing is, and we haven't said this at we didn't say this at the top of the podcast, mm-hmm. um, but this goes specifically to the mindset and action. Right? Oh, absolutely. Because in order to even realize that you have the power to insert, exert influence over the culture that you work in means you have to have that type of positive mindset constantly mm. to be able to go down that
1: path. Absolutely, mean mm. And, and um, we can bring that. Everybody can bring that into their little world wherever they work. Absolutely. And it makes a difference, man. People make me smile. Uh, or you could dump something into the vents, the air vents, and We're not going. <laughs> I don't see that on our list. that's not on our list. That's not on our list. Man, they are so happy today. Oh know. man, <laughs> this has
0: been <laughs> our discussion on creating a, uh, a, a, a great or positive workplace culture. Absolutely. Oh man, uh, uh, whether it's yeah, whether it's the family culture, the adhocracy culture, mm. the market culture, the hierarchy culture. Or you're taking bits and pieces um, and you're kind of mixing them in there. Find the right culture that creates the environment for everybody to be productive and engaged. That's really what it boils down to. And the, the biggest piece of that is you have to connect with the human beings yes. of it all. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. All right. That's episode 21. I'm Brian Montgomery. And That's it. We'll catch you on the next episode. <laughs>